It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the, to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, yes! Caught! Touchdown! We did it! Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome on in to another edition of the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Jason Walker. Love to hear from you as well on the Full Court Press text line, 435-339-0321. Some juicy topics today. Uh, prediction Thursday, if you want to call it that. Yes, that's what we're calling it. It's <laughs> an official name. Uh, predictions for Saturday between Utah State and UNLV. Love to get your predictions. Not only the score, but how you think it should play out. Uh, what your your keys to the game would be. Love to hear from you on our text line. Feel free to call in as well. 435-752-1069. Uh, we'll also uh, yeah get into more of the things we'd like to see or, or try to predict how that game might play out. And speaking of predicting the weekend... It's Thursday, which means we do our pick six, six things we think might happen this weekend. Also, we'll uh, there's a high school football game tonight on the schedule. We'll highlight that, and the Utah Jazz making more waves and uh, cue the uh, Miley Cyrus uh, theme song of uh, Danny Ainge. I came in like a wrecking ball oh. as he is just totally tearing things down with this Utah Jazz roster. Boyan Bogdanovich now. On the move. I was going through all the Miley Cyrus songs I knew of. I was like, part in the USA? No, he's Croatian. What? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe the folks in Motor City might be singing party in the USA. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Detroit's, they're, they're going to be an interesting team and not necessarily in a good way. Not like Cavaliers interesting or Timberwolves interesting or kind of last year's Memphis interesting. They're just going to be interesting more like the king's interesting in some ways like is it actually going to work this time so we'll see yeah so there's the, the detroit team has they've been bad for a little while and they've been accumulating young talent high draft picks and now they're starting to try to to put more effort behind who they have and how they're developing to take that next step in their development and try to become more of a, a, a legitimate team in the Eastern Conference. And they've got a lot of guys at the center position. They have a lot of young uh, uh, guards as well. So Olenek and uh, Kelly Olenek is part of this deal, and Sabin Lee is another one. Uh, so kind of opposite ends of the spectrum, you got a, a veteran big man who's now going on his fifth team in the NBA, and Saban Lee, who will be coming into his third year in the NBA. But uh, Detroit just had a kind of a logjam at that position, both of those positions, so they could free up some guys to send. They don't really have any good three-point shooters, so it, it works out nicely for them in the deal. I'm still not sold if that works out nicely on the Jazz side uh, of, of this deal. I'm not torn about it. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense for the Jazz. They got nothing of value in return. 
except for Kelly Olenek, who will be useful this year. But what's the point in making a deal for this year? I thought the whole point was to look toward the future, and this deal does not look toward the future. You're trading a somewhat valuable asset in Boyan Bogdanovich. You could have hung on to and traded to a more desperate team and get something. I'm not saying you have to get like a first-round pick or something. You know, we got Talon Horton Tucker out of out of a different deal. So it's like trade, you know, get, get something back. Because Saban Lee, you're not getting anything of value out of him. He's not going to be around in a few years. Because not unless he really surprised this year, he's not really much of a viable NBA player. And Kelly Olynyk's nice, but he's a fringe bench player. He's kind of been on the edge of actually being a rotation player the last few years. So right, he came off the bench last year at Detroit. If you come off the bench at Detroit, <laughs> I mean that should yeah. that should tell you a lot about what his skill level is. Now Utah has some young young big men, and they're trying to find some more veteran guys to sprinkle in there to solidify the position and to help these younger guys learn how to play NBA basketball. That's part of the deal that um, you know, some of the moves that they made was just the last few days. But uh, I, this, the roster didn't get smaller. It got even bigger. And I would have thought that any future trades that Jazz would be involved in now would be shedding roster and slimming it down a little bit, but instead they're getting it even larger. Yeah, it is weird because you look at the Jazz roster, they have 17 fully guaranteed players with roster spots. Um, include a couple of two-way players and Cody Zeller, who's on a training camp deal, and you have 20 players on this roster. You need to cut two players to get down to 15 plus the two two-ways. And so, like, who are you cutting? Who are you trading? Um, there's a huge log jam at guard. There are just way too many players. You can say some of them are prospects, you know, Bull Marrow and, and Alexander Walker and now Saban Lee. Um, I don't even think I included Saban Lee on that list I made. So we may have 18 fully guaranteed. Yeah, I, didn't, I did not include Saban Lee on this one. Because yeah, Saban Lee, look, he's only owed like $1.7 million this upcoming year. Yeah. And he has a club option for next season. Olenek, he's owed $12.8 million. And it's partially guaranteed for next year, so they're basically getting some you know, filling out the roster, making them dollars and cents work for this trade. But um, I, I think part of it too, though, is while we may not see the immediate value of these guys, I think Ainge and Zanuck are looking at developing the pieces that they have, not necessarily for long-term future assets that are going to help the the Utah Jazz win but developing pieces that they can package together to send somewhere else to get something in return, or with these guys, basically having pseudo-expiring contracts that allow them to do other things in the offseason of next year. I mean, they had a guy that could have developed and used to get something in return, like, uh, say, um, I don't know, Boyan Bogdanovich? <laughs> And they trade him for some expiring deals, basically. Who he himself had an expiring deal. Yeah, it's like, you get nothing from this trade other than some temporary, you know, you can kind of fill out your roster a little more properly. We've been talking about the Jazz getting a veteran big man, somebody who can actually play starters minutes, and Olenek can do that. Um, so, 
you fill that void by trading one of your best trade assets for a veteran fringe center that you can just stick in the rotation instead of throwing Walker Kessler into the fire. That's what you traded Boyan for? A guy you could have gotten a real future asset out of? Like, Yeah, the Jazz did not win this trade. I, yeah. I think that they have won most of the other trades that they've they've done this year. Just when you look at long-term uh, impacts for the franchise, if you're looking at just the immediacy for what this season looks like, it's hard to say that the Jazz won much. But when you look long term, then then they absolutely won the the deals that they've made, except for this one. This one has me scratching my head, thinking this was honestly this was the best deal out there for Boyan Bogdanovich, a guy who's the second leading scorer on this team a year ago, who can routinely get you seventeen to twenty two points a night, depending on the situation. Grab six to eight boards who can shoot from the outside, but also back down smaller defenders. So I, I was really surprised at this deal that the Utah Jazz made. Yeah, that's the thing. When you can look at these other deals, you know, you trade away stars in Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, where you can see what they're trying to do with those deals. Obviously, they're trying to rebuild. You know, you, you trade other pieces, and you're getting, you know, Talon Horton Tucker and another guy's back and and, you know, Pointing toward the future, maybe maybe filling out a roster, not trading anybody super important. Um, and then this trade, what's again, what's the benefit? What are you getting out of this? Does it match up with what they're doing elsewhere? No, it doesn't. And that's why this trade is so bad. It's, it's not necessarily the one-to-one value. Because you didn't get one-to-one value for Gobert or Mitchell. But... It's getting used, and maybe it could, depending on where these draft picks go. But you're not—you never really get true value for a star. And you know, when you trade one player for multiple players coming back, you're usually not getting a one-to-one value. But the point is, you're getting something that you want that you can use for your own purposes. And there's nothing out of this trade that I see as really positive, unless Saban Lee suddenly turns out to be a really good basketball player, which he's not. I know people are going to say, oh, he's 24 and he's maybe a little athletic and he's got a good wingspan, but he's not going to be much of a viable NBA player. Utah actually drafted Lee originally in 2020, but his draft rights were traded to Detroit. So I don't know if they've just always had their eye on him and have always been curious about trying to get him back into their roster. Well, they t- but. They technically drafted him, but didn't draft him. Right, they drafted him for somebody else. The NBA is stupid in how they do their, you know, the who actually drafted him. Because everyone knows they've been traded long before, you know, if they do the draft day trades, then it's, oh, you know, it's like how the Denver Nuggets technically selected Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. But they didn't. That's not how it happened. And right. the NBA just needs to get rid of that because <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but so uh, Saban Lee uh, averaged 5.6 points in about 16 minutes a game coming off the bench last year for Detroit. Olinick, and as you mentioned, he'll be turning 24 here soon, uh, Lee. But Olinick, he's 31. And so the, the Jazz didn't necessarily get a lot younger on this deal. But Olinick came off the bench for the Pistons last season, averaging about nine points a game. And um, yeah, he's he's been a bit of a journeyman in the NBA. Uh, kind of a stretch, 
player who he can shoot from outside. Oh, he's a great stretch five. Um, and so that's something that Utah has been lacking. Uh, and I think he he helps with that dynamic where maybe some of these other guys don't have that in their skill set yet that we've seen. So he ad- he adds some some dynamic there. But again, he's a he's an older player on a team full of a lot of younger guys that are vying for a lot of minutes on the court. Yeah, this is a guy they may end up throwing out there in a starting lineup with Jared Vanderbilt. Um, Because Vanderbilt, obviously, it's harder for him to play center full-time because he's a little too short. And as a power forward, he can't shoot, which is kind of a requirement for power forwards now. Uh, But you bring in Olenek, who very much can shoot from three. You know, that gives you your four shooters plus a non-shooter, which is an equation that works in the NBA. Um, If you're looking for potential numbers for Olenek to put up in Utah, you might look at his brief time in Houston in the 2020-2021 season. Uh, he went from Miami to Houston like halfway through the year, played 27 games, started 24 of them. He's playing about 30 minutes a game, averaged 19 points, 8.5 rebounds. Mm. Shot 39% from three. So I don't think he'll put up as high numbers as that. If you look at that Houston team, they were bad, and Olenek came in, and he's been a solid player his whole career, and so he was able to you know, fill in, and somebody's got to score points, and it was him. He could do something similar in Utah, but with Colin Sexton, there's at least another big score on the team, so he may only put up 15-16, may still put up 7-8 to eight rebounds, and he'll shoot above league average from three. So he'll put up decent numbers. Please don't confuse that with him actually being secretly good. Um, but yeah, he, he'll probably play a, a solid role for the Jazz this season. Uh, to our full court press text line three eight six two texting in. Just wait for the Jazz next moves that they make. They aren't done yet. They and training camps next week. By rule, they have to make more moves because they have three extra guaranteed contracts on their roster that they must get rid of. They will cut or trade three people and take back nobody from those. They'll they'll consolidate somehow. I don't know how, but they'll do it, hopefully. Yeah, it's likely that uh, players who are currently technically on Utah's roster would be packaged and sent somewhere else. Um, and there's there were rumors out there that you know the the Lakers were really interested in trying to make a deal with Utah, uh, and it didn't work out between those two teams. It, it kind of swelled to like four different teams getting involved to move all the different pieces around to make things work. But ultimately, Utah didn't feel like it was really in their favor with what they were giving up versus what they were getting in return. And then I see this trade happen thinking, well, how was this really in Utah's favor with what they're giving up and what they're getting in return? I just I kind of struggled to see that because Boyan would still have a role and he would... It's not like I see him necessarily taking minutes from other guys on this team that are currently here that they would really want to develop. Yeah, because you can play him at small forward. You put Markkinen at the four. You can have Jared Vanderbilt also playing some minutes at the four. The guys he'd be taking minutes from are like Fontecchio, and that's it. Maybe if you want to play Markkinen at the three, kind of like what he was doing a bit last year, uh, in Cleveland, although I 
would just play marketing at the forks. That's where he's best suited. So it's like you didn't have to trade Boyan, and you did to do what? The Jazz can't answer those questions, and that's what makes this a bad trade. There is almost zero percent chance of this trade working out in the Jazz's favor. You know, in with other trades, there's a low chance that's going to work out. You know, the Mitchell and Gobert trade, there's a low chance that ends up working out for them in the end. But at least there's a chance. This one, again, it's just too many eyebrows raised. And yeah, again, it's, a bit, it's a head scratcher. Yeah, and again, you're you're loading up on more guards. There's guards that you're trying to develop and maybe see what you got. Jared Butler, I really want to see what he's got. Um, actually, there is well, actually, this is going to be his last chance, I think. Yeah, uh, actually, there is actually one for the boy want to be taking minutes away from, him, and that's uh, uh, Agbaji, actually. So mm. that could be a bit of it. Um, I'm just I just now been turning his his name on my notes this whole time, and it only just now occurred to me. But even still, like. How many minutes is he taking away from Agbaji? There's only so many that both of them can play. There's going to be minutes for both of them. You can't explain it completely away other than maybe you want to start Agbaji, which you don't have to. You don't have to start him. It's usually better to start some of these guys off on the bench and then let them work their way up. So, again, there's just no solid reasoning to trade Boyan when you're getting this bad of a return unless Danny Ainge was really actually this time being spiteful to maybe the Suns or the Lakers for not giving him their first-round picks. <laughs> well, I, I would suspect Rudy Gay to be gone. I would suspect Mike Connolly and Jordan Clarkson to also be sent somewhere. I, if, if we're doing a total burn-it-down-and-start-from-scratch, I mean, why hold those guys over? If you're going to ship... Boyan, why hold on to those guys? Yeah, and it's really just, and I guess you got to find somebody who wants them and is willing to give up players. And I guess if this is the bar for just getting rid of your veterans, get nothing in return, then I guess it's a lot easier to trade Conley and, and Gay. Maybe not so much Rudy Gay because nobody wants him. You throw him in a salary filler ask. and that's it. Yes. You almost have to give up something to ship him off because nobody wants him. So, and I don't really know who's going to want Conley. There's maybe somebody out there who wants a veteran guard. But, again, you got to find a way to consolidate by sending multiple players. But then you have to take, you know, matching salary back. Which means pretty much the only way the Jazz may end up trading several of these players all at once is if they're taking back a big contract. And the first thing... First name that comes to mind is Russell Westbrook, but Lakers aren't going to be interested in Conley at this point. They've been signing guards. Right. They've they've taken care of that position. Yeah, so they were looking at Boyan because they didn't have someone like Boyan. And he would have, frankly, thrived in that that system and the way that's that roster is currently set up. Yeah, he would have done very well. So yeah, there's there's nobody that the that the Lakers are gonna want. You know, they're not gonna want Conley. Maybe they could have been okay with Rudy Gay or maybe Jordan Clarkson, but you know, Mike Conley would be the headliner of that deal. Maybe somebody else. The Bulls are maybe in that conversation with Lonzo Ball having uh, surgery, I believe. But are they going to want to make a trade considering Ball isn't out for the season? So it's just 
there's probably somebody out there who wants these guys, but I just, it's going to be weird to see how the Jazz figure this out because there's not a whole lot of solid answers. And again, they have to cut three guys. Right, cut or or package some some more pieces together yeah. here. But it's hard to package these guys together without finding a huge deal to take in return, and there's not too many of those floating around. Right, especially with the with training camp bringing down everybody's necks. Not to say that you can't um, still make a move during training camp or even during the preseason, but teams are pretty much once training camp starts, they're pretty much they want to be set with who they are. To, to to see what they have and what they what they've got in their uh, in their wheelhouse for the for the season. Yeah, they don't want to make any more trades until they've figured out. They'll look to make trades as the season gets along and they figure out. Okay, this isn't what we want. We want something different slash new. So it's now or like two or three months from now. As far as making trades, true. Uh, two three zero five. The only thing the Jazz wanted from the Lakers was one or both of their unprotected draft picks. Lakers must have told them no for any of the Jazz players. Yeah, the Lakers have I think been pretty adamant about not giving up those two picks, and that's what the Jazz were asking to take on Westbrook, one and or both. And the Lakers didn't see that as as uh, worth it. I wouldn't if I were them, because uh, those can be very valuable picks. And you know, so the Jazz just went elsewhere, I guess. The next best deal, which was trade him for nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm surprised. That there weren't other options, more valuable opportunities out there for Utah if they were going to trade Boyan Bogdanovich. Yeah, and if there aren't any options, don't trade him. Right. <laughs> that's better no obligation to that, move him. Yeah, that is an actual option. But, yeah. <laughs> Four three five three three nine zero three two one. if you want to chime in on the latest moves from the Utah Jazz. We'll also do our Prediction Thursday, our score and uh, game predictions for Utah State on Saturday, high school uh, preview tonight as well. It's all coming up a little bit later on as well, as, uh, can't speak, as, well as our pick six. Uh, six things we predict will happen this weekend. Uh, more of that coming up in about three and a half minutes from now. Uh, hey, if you're, if you've got a job, but you're not really satisfied with the job that you have, or maybe you want a, a, a different job, or you're looking to upgrade your, your earning potential, go check out the Cash Valley Media Group uh, job fair, which is happening right now at Castle Manor. It's going to be going until six, so you still have time. So maybe you're in your your one job, just getting out of it, but you uh, want to go check out to see what's available. Uh, what options are out there in one location. Over 20 different businesses are there talking about the options that they have, pay scale, benefits, and some will even do an interview right on the spot. So go check it out at Castle Manor in Hyde Park right now until about 6 o'clock is when it's going to be finishing up. So you still have some time, about an hour and a half left. Go stop by the uh, Cash Valley Media Group Fall Job Fair until 6 o'clock this afternoon. Hi, everyone. It is going on today at Castle Manor in Hyde Park until 6 p.m. We know that jobs are available all over the valley, and we live in one of the areas that are truly blessed to have an awful lot of job opportunity and job growth. Well, if you are in a position where you just would like to have something as an alternative to what you're doing today, the job fair could be exactly what you're looking for. We've got representatives here from R.R. Donnelly, Plastic Resources, 
Resources, Clearfield Job Corps, TTM Technologies, and many others. It's an opportunity that doesn't come along very often, and it could mean a new career, not just a job, for you. Somewhere where you could actually move up and have opportunity for growth, expansion, more money to be made to help you and your family. Try it out today. It's at Castle Manor in Hyde Park going on till 6 o'clock tonight, the Cash Valley Media Group Job Fair. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cash Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North, 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cash Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North, 400 East in North Logan. Go to cashvalleyent.com for details. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. Don't get caught without power after a windstorm or a major winter freeze. Golden Spike Electric offers Generac backup generators so you can be prepared and keep your home warm while avoiding frozen pipes. Golden Spike Electric is one of the largest Generac dealers around, so you know it'll be installed right. Whether you're a homeowner or an electrician, contact Golden Spike Electric to rest easy the next time the power goes out. Online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. They also service other models. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Valvoline Instant Oil Change at 695 North Main in Logan has Valvoline Synthetic and Valvoline Max Life Oil for your vehicle. And they'll get you out on the road fast. Go check them out, 695 North Main in Logan. So just a few more things here about the Utah Jazz. Kelly Olenek, uh, former Gonzaga star, coming to Utah. Uh, the other player, uh, Sabin Lee, perhaps a little bit less known, young player uh, coming to Utah, both via the Detroit Pistons. Um, so the uh, let's you you kind of alluded to this, but right now the guards or point guards specifically, Sabin Lee is another point guard on the Jazz roster. So who all is vying for time at that position right now? Too many people. <laughs> I mean, if point guard, you start with Mike Conley. He's your starter. Uh, behind him, you got Jared Butler, who the Jazz might see more as a shooting guard. Um, but I like him as potentially a point guard. And they were kind of using him as a point guard in, in Summer League. So maybe they'll push him towards uh, point guard. Uh, Colin Sexton is kind of more of a shooting guard, but with his height, you might want to try him out at point guard. Um, it's only six foot one. Yeah, if Conley's still on the roster, they probably start both of them, and then just kind of roll with that. Um, but Sexton could end up with backup point guard minutes. We'll kind of have to see how they they work with that. Then you have Saban Lee. Um, that's probably mainly it for point guard. Um, 
as far as anyone's going to get real minutes, depending on what you think of Bulmero, who I think came out as a almost point guard. Like they were toying with the idea of him being a 6'6 point guard coming out of or coming into the NBA. But I don't know. Like, like I said, Clarkson, when, they sometimes list him as a point guard, but he's really more of a shooting guard. He's not, he's not a point guard at all. He might technically play point guard at some point in the season, but he's not. So, like, those are your guys, you know, Conley, Butler, uh, kind of Sexton, and then Saban Lee are the guys you're looking at playing point guard. You want to see what you got in Sexton, see if he can be a long-term guy. And you want to see what you're getting out of Jared Butler. Um, but you got Mike Conley there, so that's crowding it. And as far as switching them between point guard and shooting guard, because a lot of these guys can play both. You know, Sexton can play both. Jared Butler can play both. But you've also got Malik Beasley crowding in there for time. Jordan Clarkson crowding in there for time. Talon Horton Tucker crowding in there for time. Mm. Just all these different guys that are going to look at shooting guard minutes. And, you know, just there's only two guard spots. And you got a lot of guys that are looking to play one or both of those spots. And just throwing Saban Lee in there, that's just another guy to to crowd it up. And somebody who's probably not going to be, you know, worth it anyway. Because, again, he's a second-round pick. You know, had a lot worse second season than he did his rookie year. And he was really only getting minutes with the Pistons because the Pistons were bad. You know, he was getting 15, 16 minutes per game as a second-round pick, not because he was a diamond in the rough, but because he's playing for the Pistons. Right, not because he earned that time, but because those were blowout games, and so they were playing other guys. Yeah, so I don't – I mean, I guess maybe he get minutes on the Jazz because the Jazz aren't going to be good, but they do have a crowded backcourt. So, again, there's it's just – there's just so many question marks with this trade. Last year, Detroit was 23-59. and 59 Not too year. far off from where the Jazz will be, probably, the way things are going. Yeah, it's just you're, you're, you're creating a big log jam at guard. They're, they've finally started handling the forward problem with bringing in a few different guys. But it's just like you've got too many guards that you're going to be trying to take a look at to really get a look at any of them. Well, it... it... Like if they can if they can score and defend the perimeter, then they're you know it's okay. You have guys that are can fill those needs, but they're they're on the small side, and so it, you don't you need more guys in that six four to six seven range if you want to really get serious about guarding the perimeter. And I don't know that they've got really better with that, at least not in. in some of these more recent moves. I, I, I don't see a, a future where Colin Sexton and Mike Connolly play alongside each other. I mean, it's two six-one guys. I mean, Mitchell wasn't really that big, but he was more dynamic and, and more physical in how he played the game, so he could play alongside Connolly in a different way. Well, Colin I, don't think, I, don't think, I don't think that pairing worked anyway. Yeah, so. that's, that's it posed its own set of problems. But Sexton's not really a a thick, powerful guard at six foot one. He's only 190 pounds, and uh, Mike Connolly, he's 175 pounds. Yeah, that that's why I'd like to see Sexton end up playing point guard. That's why I wanted to see Connolly traded to begin with. Like I wanted him traded before Boyan or Clarkson, because that'll open up a spot in the lineup to play the guys where you want them to play. 
have Sexton try out being a point guard. Maybe he can't do it, but that's something you'll find out. Now, this is a guy who averages like two and a half assists for his career. And he's much more of a bit of a ball hog. And he's a guy who's just going to go out there and score. That's his thing. But yeah, you, you got to find a way to fit in the lineup. But honestly, when you're looking at these guys and saying like, you know, you mentioned guys, getting guys who can defend and whatnot. But honestly, when you look at this roster, the number of guys who are going to be on the roster still when the rebuild is over, like I'd put an over-under at 0.5. You'll be lucky to have one of these guys on the roster when the rebuild is over. That's just how it is. Odds are most of them are going to be on. Markin is not going to be here. You know, like the, the two guys I'd say maybe have the best chance are Walker Kessler and Ibaji. Because they can, you know, they've got a lot of time on their contracts, especially if you send them to the restricted free agent, you know, extension. And if they develop into good players, you keep them around. But none of these other guys are going to stick around. So that's why sometimes roster composition isn't, that's why I don't feel like it's a big deal for this. And that's another reason why I'm upset by the Boyan trade is if you did this for roster composition, why? You don't need to worry so much about that because... The roster is going to be messed up anyway. Just as long as you get it sort of fixed by the beginning of the season, then that'll work. But, you know. So, um, you're, are you looking at this? what these guys are making? What the salaries are on all these guys? Oh, I don't care. Well, okay, so you're not looking at that right now. No. So, it, the Jazz traded Boyan Bogdanovich. They've traded Rudy. They've traded Donovan. If they trade Mike Connolly, who is... Currently, the most, uh, the player with the highest contract on this Jazz roster. If they trade away Mike Connolly, who in, do you think has the next highest salary on the Jazz roster? Who would be the next highest paid player on the team? Um, who would be your guess? Well, there's two or three. Probably be Olinick, Gay, or Clarkson. I'd probably go with Clarkson. So it would actually be Laurie Markkinen. Oh, really? <laughs> Laurie Markkinen would be your highest contract. What's he making? Uh, about sixteen and a half. That's about what I was going to guess. Cause I think Clarkson's making fourteen or fifteen. You said uh, it, thirteen. Thirteen. And Linux was making twelve. Yep. Gay's making ten. Uh, uh, Rudy Gay is about six. Six. Oh, oh yeah, he signed like a twelve million dollar deal over two years. Okay. Yeah, because Bogey was making nineteen and a half, Connolly's twenty two point six. So if both of those and well, Bogey's leaving, and if Connolly goes, the next highest uh, salaried guy on your roster would be Laurie Markkinen. Yeah, and honestly, the main reason why Connolly isn't gone probably at this point is just salary matching and the fact that the Jazz are probably sick of adding more people, doing these you know trade one get two back, yeah, trade one get five back, you know. <laughs> With Rudy. So, yeah, they, they need to cut some players, and they need to stop adding guards. Because I don't like half of these guys anyway. <laughs> I don't like Saban Lee. I don't like Malik Beasley. I don't like Bulmero. Not like I don't like them personally. It's just I don't really care about their game. I don't like Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Like All these guys are basically roster fodder. They're, they're not worth anything. They're going to be here and they're going to be gone. Maybe add people that have some level of potential. A talent Horton Tucker who 
Odds are he's not going to be any good, but at least you can kind of see maybe he can be good. Maybe you can have some fun with him over the next few years. Colin Sexton. Yeah, he's kind of a ball hog scorer, but it's going to be fun to watch. I'm going to enjoy watching it while it lasts. You know, a Larry Markkinen. Probably going to end up being overrated in Utah based on some of the numbers he puts up, but it's going to be fun. Yeah. As, as fun as it's going to be to watch them do some fun things and then lose by 20 points. <laughs> like, yeah, I think they'll have a couple of quarters where they'll be fun and entertaining and in it, and but then good teams, well-built teams, will pull away in the fourth quarter. You could end up having the best shooting team in the league and also the worst defensive team in the league. If you put Conley, um, Conley Sexton... Uh, Fontecchio, Markkinen, and Olenek out there. That's five guys that can shoot above league average and some guys that that, uh, can almost hit 40% from three. You actually see every single one of those starters potentially hitting 40% on a a good year. So, wonderful shooting team. That lineup might be the worst defensive lineup I've ever seen in my life in the NBA. Like, I don't think a single one of those guys – He's even half decent in defense. Like, it's Conley's all right. But <laughs> that would be <laughs> awful to watch. Like, oh, yeah, another three on the other end. Oh, my gosh, they have another wide-open dunk. <laughs> that, that I'll would... trade threes for dunks, though. In the end, it uh, That's true, but math why... works in your favor. The dunk is the most valuable shot in the NBA. Like, like point for point. The most valuable shot is a layup slash dunk, a shot at the rim. You always take a shot at the rim. Now, I guess made well, shots, <laughs> yes, you'll trade the threes. I guess yes. that's what you were saying is you'll take a, take a made three for a made dunk. But if you're giving up wide open dunks all the time, but you're making 40% of your threes, like I said. This <laughs> no, could, you this won't could, win that, this could win be, that game. This could be a disaster. Uh, 2305, maybe the Jazz are planning on going small every game, all game, all season. Yeah. Well, it's the pendulum has swung to small ball. Jazz appear to be going all in on that. Um, you know, Minnesota is defying that. Um, a few, other, a few other teams are defying that, try to position themselves in a different way to combat it. No, jury's still out if that's going to work or not. Yeah, I'm interested in seeing Minnesota mainly for that. I want to see if if it's going to work. And I think it can because they have somebody that's just an absolute offensive unicorn in Carl Anthony Towns, and then you have the best defensive player on the planet in Gobert, you know, it's not like what the Jazz were doing when they were charting out Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert, and they're defying the NBA by staying big. That staying big sucked. Yeah, that just clogged the lane. It didn't yeah. open up space at all. It took it away. Yeah, there's a viable path forward and a really interesting pairing between Towns and Gobert. Yes. Um, but if they go, if they really go all in on small... It seems to be the way they're they're headed. The Rockets went all in on small. How did that work? Mm. They were terrible. Yeah, didn't work out so well. Uh, more of your reactions to the Boyan Bogdanovich trade today. Uh, shipped to Detroit uh, in exchange for Kelly Olynyk and Sabin Lee. Uh, Sabin Lee is coming into his third year. Olynyk is coming into his fifth NBA team. And... Um, I don't know. We'll we'll see what Utah does with this. I think there's more trades to be done for Utah. I don't think they're done. Uh, they've got too many guys on their roster. They have to make some moves. So who gets cut or who gets shipped 
uh, for you know, if they package some deal, multiple guys to in exchange for one. That's still to be determined from the Utah Jazz. So more on that. More of your text coming through. We'll have our prediction Thursday. Get into our uh, predictions for Utah State versus UNLV kicking off Saturday at 5 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. Uh, Aggie game day coverage starting at 3.30, broadcasting live at Prodigy Brewing. Great place to stop by for a bite to eat before the game. It's family-friendly, but they also have Oktoberfest that's kicking off, and they've got specials like brats and German potato salad, house-made sauerkraut and mustard. So a lot of great deals going on and specials at Prodigy Brewing. Al Lewis will be there with the KVNU game day broadcast starting at 3.30, right up to kickoff at 5 o'clock. And then the game, if you can't be there, will be broadcast on CBS Sports Network with uh, former Aggie Robert Turbin on on the call. So that'll be a lot of fun to see how that plays out. But more coming up on the Full Court Press. Stick around on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Schreiber Foods wants to give a big thanks to the community for your support during their 50-year celebration. Thanks to you, they exceeded their goals for money raised and food donated for the Cash Food Pantry. Over 60,000 boxes of birthday cake mix was donated and thousands of dollars raised, all to help feed hungry families in our community. You also helped set a world record for the largest macaroni and cheese dish ever made. Over 4,700 pounds were made, and it was delicious. In fact, so many people have asked for the recipe that you can now pick up that exact recipe at the Logan Schreiber Foods Office, 885 North, 600 West. Local restaurants donated proceeds like Texas Roadhouse, Chick-fil-A, Firehouse Pizza, Los Primos, Sabores, Tandoori Oven, and Cafe Sabor. They also want to thank their dedicated Triber Foods employees for all the difference you make in feeding the world and doing good through food. Again, thank you from everyone at Triber Foods. They couldn't have done it without you. Who do you turn to if you want to change out your wood or pellet stove? Advanced Fireplace and Stove. They were voted the gold medalist for Best of Northern Utah for the second year in a row in the fireplace retrofit category. Be ready when the government's next wood and pellet replacement incentives pop up. Advanced Fireplace can help you navigate the paperwork. For more information, call Advanced Fireplace and Stove, 752-7272. Online, advancedfireplaceandstove.com. It's time for the big hunt, but what do you do after you bag your trophy game? This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. We have several freezers in stock for you to store your big game harvest, including a Frigidaire 20 cubic foot upright freezer in white for only $9.89. Hurry, stock is limited. See store for details. Daryl's Appliance Service and Sales, West on Airport Road, open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. See Daryl's Appliance in beautiful downtown Benson. Life is hard, so making sure you find that perfect woman is important. You need someone that will be by your side through the good and the bad. Once you have found her, show her that she is special with a beautiful diamond ring from Jerick's. Yes, it is all about the romance. At Jerick's, you won't find a more intimate setting. Where you purchase the ring might not be as important as who you choose to marry, but it's pretty close. Jerick's find jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jerick's. Elements has delicious lunch specials, two for $30, or the new soup, salad, and bread special for just $10. It's tasty and quick. Elements' lunch menu is full of scrumptious items prepared with a personal touch. Wood-fired pizzas are an excellent choice that include barbecue chicken and the bee's knees. The fresh-battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit. And don't forget the fan-favorite Munster Burger. Casual or professional, open Monday through Thursday, 11.30 to 8 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 11.30 to 9 p.m. Visit the Elements restaurant.com for reservations today.
Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Utah Army National Guard. Aired by the Utah Broadcasters Association and this station. It's the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Joe Missoula, uh, 34 years old. He'd be the youngest head coach in the NBA would take over on an interim basis this season. That was Adrian Wojnarowski reporting that uh, Joe Mazzula would be taking over for Ime Udoka in Boston over reports about uh, a, a relationship with the staffer, the Celtics. It was consensual, but it was with somebody who was at a lower lower position, and so it could be you know it, it's viewed as inappropriate in the NBA. Yeah, it violates you know company policies, and a lot of companies have these kind of policies for very good reasons. Yes, and you violate him, and even though he was, I don't know, he's almost enjoying that almost Brad Stevens type fame, where you know he, you know, young breakout coach takes his team to the finals, but he's not above the rules. Yeah, so uh, this Missoula was a candidate for the Utah job and eventually went to Will Hardy, who came from Boston. He was part of that crew last year with that run in in Boston. So will there be some comparisons about who the Jazz, you know, selected if they made the right choice over, you know, Hardy over Missoula? And, And is that even fair to have those comparisons? If anybody with a straight face makes that comparison, they deserve to be slapped in that straight face <laughs> because they're an idiot. But to be honest, who's going to be talking about the Jazz this season anyway, other than us? <laughs> the national media, to them, the Jazz are now dead. They were mostly dead even when they were the number one seed. Now they're all dead. Yeah. The only, thing, they're only, the only thing they're going to do is look through their pockets for loose change. <laughs> a couple of Collins. They'll, they'll come highlights. to the state for the All Star game, but that's that's pretty it's, much it's it. happening in Salt Lake, not because it's the Jazz. But did you remember that the Utah Jazz are a team? <laughs> they used to have Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Anyway, on to the latest LeBron rumor. <laughs> uh, but here's Woj also talking about Missoula uh, as a bit of a, as he calls a a rising star who was a candidate for the Utah opening. Missoula's had a fast rise in the coaching profession, considered really one of the rising stars. He was a Division II college head coach in West Virginia just a few years ago. He played at West Virginia University, uh, came up through the Celtics G League team, and was one of the finalists for the Utah Jazz head coaching job this offseason. That went to his former colleague, Will Hardy. Okay, this is going to sound kind of mean, but... He called him a rising star and then gave about three reasons that did nothing to explain why he'd be a rising star. <laughs> That's right. He was at a D2 school, played somewhere that nobody's heard of, uh, and he was And he didn't on the get bench. a job. And he didn't yeah, he failed to get the head coaching position that was open. 
It's like, I could make Ryan Odom sound like a rising star, and I'd have a lot better material to work with based on what Odom's <laughs> yeah, done. That wasn't a very shining resume. <laughs> it's just, a, he's a rising star. Yeah, he did this, he did this, and <laughs> I'm sure, you know, it's really hard to evaluate assistant coaches for how good they are because they don't have a resume. No. That's the issue. So you just kind of have to, that's why you have to do these interview processes, and we're not privy to them. We just have to say, oh, I hope it's a good hire. It's always hilarious when you get these guys tweeting out saying, this is a great hire. And then they, they end up on freezing cold takes three years later. Because nobody knows. Like, we don't know if Will Hardy's any good. You know, we don't know if Missoula's going to be any good in Boston. We didn't know Udoka was going to be any good. Yeah. It's just, you just have to guess. Uh, 9310 on our Full Court Press text line. If the Jazz continue to clear cap space, is that cap space going to be used to sign future star draft picks? Or are the Jazz going to sign a free agent star player? What do you think they are loading up for? Well, right now they're they're raising any, any cap space they're trying to figure out is for like 2027. They're not looking to load up on salary other than you know loading up on salary and taking picks alongside it. They're not looking to make any star moves as far as signing stars or signing big free agents and like I said until like 2026, 2027 give or take a year. It's a little bit of a longer play, but Ainge and Zanuck made it pretty clear when they met with the media a couple of weeks ago, the moves that they're making are to position them to get stars out of the draft, which Utah has struggled to be able to get high draft picks. When you're a perennial playoff team, you don't get you know good positions in the draft. So to get uh, quality players out of the draft, but to not just play the draft and develop game the entire time, because Ainge said, I'm, I'm too old for that. I don't have the patience for that. <laughs> but they want to develop some young stars and, and at least develop players to a way that help them package them to trade for other stars or make them more appealing and uh, have cap space to go and, uh, and, and try to get some other free agents. So it's not something that's immediate for this year, maybe even next year. But in year three of the way this is going, that's where they may be uh, a, a team that could be back into that playoff hunt that, you know, in the, in the market for some higher named, higher quality type players, whether they've developed them on their own or gone out and, and gotten them through trades or with the, the cap space that they have, try to attract uh, different free agents to come. Yeah. Well, I'd say it'll take longer than three years. Even maybe me saying 2027 is shortchanging it. Because the only way you get more competitive in year three is if you absolutely nab a complete superstar talent this next draft, which is possible. You get a Luka Doncic or a, you know, LeBron or, you know, the generational talent. Because those guys then take you places quickly. Uh, other guys, it's a lot harder. They take a lot more time to develop, and then and then they become good. The Giannis is the Devin Bookers and so forth. So, But it might be a few years because it took Devin Booker until like year five to uh, do anything. That's true. Really, he started to uh, – he was always a good scorer but didn't emerge as a solid all-around player until a little bit later on. Uh, Got to take another quick timeout here in the Full Court Press. More of your texts coming through. Love to get to those. We'll also get into our uh, Thursday predictions uh, for uh, the 
the game on Saturday between Utah State and UNLV. That's coming up next on the Full Court Press. Hello once again, everyone. If you are looking for that perfect opportunity that you feel has always eluded you for some odd reason, I have just that opportunity that you're going to need. The Cash Valley Media Group Job Fair is going on right now at Castle Manor in Hyde Park, and it is an opportunity that doesn't come along all that often. We've got a lot of job offers here that are going to be made today. In fact, we've got representatives from Young Auto, Advanced Call Center Technologies, Kelly Services, and HHI Corp., just to name a few. Bring in your resume. Be prepared to interview on the spot because you could walk into this place unemployed and walk out with a job and not just any job opportunities for growth that you won't find anywhere else with you're just looking day to day and just kind of meandering from position to position it's an opportunity that's open at castle manor tell six Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent with Alpine Home Medical. I'd like to invite you to learn more about us. Since 1997, we've been Utah's premier one-stop shop for home medical equipment. What sets us apart at Alpine Home Medical is the superior level of customer service. We provide home oxygen, CPAPs, wheelchairs, scooters, breast pumps, and so much more. Come on down and get to know us. Visit alpinehomemedical.com. We are Aegis Home Health and Hospice. Aegis, A-E-G-I-S. Our home is your home. We are more than an organization of health care professionals. We are proud members of our community. Compassionate, quality, patient care is our mission. I am Jason Jones. I'm a proud member of the Aegis team. At Aegis, we're dedicated to character, experience, and trust. Aegis Home Care and Hospice. We will ensure you experience the difference. 435-723-9000 or find us at myagis.com. Breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. When you buy Napa Auto Parts, you're getting the best. And when you pull into one of the five locally owned Preston or Providence Napa stores, they not only make sure you get the right battery or wiper blades, they'll even help you install it. If you need other work done, they can recommend a dozen different Napa Auto Care Centers with ASE certified technicians throughout the area. A couple more texts on their Full Court Press text line. want to get to. Uh, 2305 uh, says, in next year's draft, how many picks do the Jazz have? What rounds are they, and where do they come from? So they have three first-round picks. They don't have any second-round picks. They have their own 2023 they have Minnesota's uh, first-round pick. And then it's complicated on the other one they have because it's the least favorable of Houston, Brooklyn, or Philadelphia. So you're probably looking at that other one being somewhere in the range of 24 to 28. So two late firsts and Utah's lottery pick. Probably top five. Those, those are the picks they got. Uh, those are the picks. Another text coming in, 5879. After the UConn game, ESPN's FBI had USU finishing 8-4 and four on the season, winning Weber, UNLV, CSU, Wyoming, New Mexico, Hawaii, and San Jose. Now for this bye week, it has USU finishing 3-9. and nine. Uh, We'll get to more of the text and more of the reactions to that with our predictions for Thursday uh, as uh, we'll break down Utah State and UNLV with our predictions of how we think the game is going to go as as well as our keys to the game on Saturday.
I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The problems around Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sarver have been well documented, but for years the NBA has been hesitant to go after him. That ended this year when the NBA launched an investigation and found Sarver had multiple incidents of racism and misogyny. Despite the concerning reports, the league originally refused to force him to sell the team. That caused a massive uproar from employees, Suns players, as well as other players around the NBA, including LeBron. But it was reported yesterday Sarver's down the process of selling the team. You never like to see a story like this come out. Racism, misogyny, certainly no place in the NBA or society. But Sarver now planning on selling the team and the NBA has made a great step towards limiting this kind of behavior in the future. For years, professional sports owners have acted as if they were invincible. But now the league has set a firm precedent for the future. And that's something that's long overdue. I'm Dan Patrick and this is Above the Noise.